Hello, this is Janet Gallen welcoming you to Love Letters Live. And today's guest is someone you may know from a previous uh, appearance here. And, but today, it's going to be something different. Volunia Diskin is a co-author of Our Bodies, Ourselves. And I'm guessing that most of you listening, the women and maybe the men, have a copy, have seen a copy, because I think the uh, circulation, I mean, what, four million copies out there in the world? Four million plus. Four million plus. So this is a, and this is a very important book, counted on by so many people in the world. And it occurred to me recently to ask Volunia, how did this start? How did you come to this? And what was the beginning of this enormous cultural changing project? So I'm just going to let you start. And just talk about, you know, from the early days, maybe your life in Boston, where you, uh, as I recall, were not getting exactly the kind of information you needed medically. And what did you do? Exactly. That's exactly right. So um, my husband and I went to Boston, he to MIT in 1965. And we were in our 20s. And um, it was a place where he was a young professor um, his first job, and it was a place where there were a lot of young people in their first jobs. And um, so it was also, um, that was 65, but in 1969, it was the beginning of the second wave of the women's liberation movement. And um, a lot of my friends were involved in that. Uh, I wasn't involved at the beginning, but one of my friends said, well, you have to come to a meeting. There's some very interesting things going on. So I said, sure. And in fact, this meeting was very interesting because it was about, there were about 400 women in a room at MIT. And it was under the auspices of an umbrella organization called Bread and Roses. And there were a lot of small groups of women doing very interesting things. Uh, some women were interested in health, some women were interested in literature, some women were interested in history, and they got together and they talked with each other, and they wanted, they wanted to do projects. They wanted to do something to make a contribution. So um, I attended my first meeting, it was really interesting. And then there, I heard about a women's health conference mm -hmm. Um, that was actually, no, that's wrong. It wasn't a women's health conference. It was a women's liberation conference of which health was one of the mm. categories. Mm -hmm. So, um, my friends all said, you know, let's go to that. And it was a huge conference. It was in Emanuel college in Boston. Mm -hmm. Well, um, there were many workshops, um, you know, women in literature, women in health, women in, 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 uh, um, history and the arts all of these things. And I was very interested in literature. So I went to the workshop on women in literature. But a friend of mine uh, headed the workshop Women and uh, women and Their Doctors, it was called. Ah. And it was on health. Mm -hmm. and, and women's health experiences, yes. and particularly with their... Um, with themselves and the medical establishment, themselves and their doctors, or... or um, organizations that had to do with health, like having uh, mammographies, things like that. Well, so what was the need not being met among women? Well, <laughs> what was interesting is nothing was being met. <laughs> I wondered it, if you were going to say right, that. Right, in the sense that 
these are educated women who, when they went to see their doctors, which, by the way, this is 1969, they were all male. And if by chance you got a woman doctor, she had been trained by males, and so she was very much like them. So women would go in, and something would be wrong, and they would want, and they would have questions like, you know, why is my period so long, mm-hmm. or um, I just had a baby and I feel awful, and I'm so happy to have this baby, and yet I feel awful. Why? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't get any answers uh, that that were satisfying. Um, so, but what was interesting is women told their in this workshop, women told their experiences, and they Medi- ran medically first medical experiences. Uh-huh. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, all on health, all focused on health mm-hmm. because the workshop was women and, mm-hmm. and uh, are, women and their doctors. Um, so women and their bodies you know, talking about their bodies to their doctors, um, focused on certain health issues. It wasn't, it wasn't abstract. Um, so the women were so inspired by this workshop that, and the workshop was, was two hours. They didn't want it to stop. Mm -hmm. And they made the leader, um, the facilitator, they made her promise that this, uh, group would continue and uh-huh. and uh, they would keep talking about their health experiences and their dissatisfactions. So when did you get serious about collecting actual information to pass on to women? Well, about, we met, this group met, and it, it, it was a very free-flowing group. Mm-hmm. People came in, people went out, but we met weekly. And um, we kept talking about these issues and finally we said, you know, after about three months, we said, let's do something. Let's make a contribution. So we said, we'll make a list of doctors that do listen to us. Oh, how wonderful. That answer our questions. So we made a questionnaire, wrote a questionnaire. Then we um, we gave it to this group. We, we gave it out, this questionnaire, to this group that met monthly that mm-hmm. I was talking about, this umbrella group. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, came, we then collected the... the um, sheets uh, a month later and we didn't find any recommendations not one oh, recommendation so we said uh oh we'll have to do something else so we have all these questions why don't we make a list of all the questions we have and we'll start researching them you and know, answer twos, them yourselves twos by twos Is yeah that right? yeah mm-hmm. well we'll we'll answer them as best we can with the uh, medical information that we research so, you know, we're all educated uh, mm-hmm. women, and we just, you know, had gotten our degrees, and we knew how to do research. We knew how to, we knew our way around how to the find library. things out, yes. Yeah. So, um, by that time, the group had kind of dwindled. There was about, you know, maybe 20 people, 20 women in it. So, uh, first we made this list. The list was of questions and categories we wanted to know about from birth to death. It had to do with anatomy it had to do with birth control it had to do with postpartum depression it had to do with abortion it had to do with relationships and, and those were questions people really weren't asking their doctors or asking anybody exactly right? exactly so well, you, were, you were posing questions to help it seems that would help them even knowing what their questions are well um 
Yes, but also these were questions that women wanted answers to. They right. didn't necessarily bring them to their doctors. But for right. instance, sexuality. I'm. I mean, they asked for birth control, which, by the way, was illegal in Boston in 1969 for married people. Hello. Wait, illegal for married people? Yes, illegal for married people. Oh, it this took is another so couple of years, right? And let you know, let alone unmarried people. Thank God for uh, Planned Parenthood. So um, we we made this list, and um, we then assigned two people to each category, to each would 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 become chapters. Of course, we had no idea we were writing a book. Right. We were just seeking information, and we were writing papers. So um, we did that, and and we said, let's do this collectively. Um, let's look up the medical information. Let's make sure that's accurate Mm -hmm. so we can educate ourselves and then share this uh, material with other women. But the unique thing about this uh, project was we were determined that women's experiences would be integrated with this medical information. Mm -hmm. And that's what was unique and has always been unique and is still unique about our bodies ourselves. We give value and acknowledgement to women's experiences. Well, I want to talk about that in a minute because I, I want to get in a minute or so to the to the point where you went from our bodies to ourselves. And she, that was just delicious. But first, yes. how did you how did you disseminate this? Who did you give it to? Well, how did you pass it around? Well, what we did was you know how um, practical I am. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, no, and we wanted to be practical, too. That's how you make a contribution, sure, right? of course. So um, what happened was we wrote these uh, papers, and then we said, okay, let's give a course. Oh. Um, and we, some of us had um, uh, connections with MIT, a couple of us. A couple of our husbands were teaching there. Uh, a couple of our, the people who wrote the papers were teaching at MIT or teaching at Harvard, because that's the community we were in, and um, so we got ro- we got a room at Harvard, and uh, not at Harvard, sorry, at MIT. We got a room. It wasn't a big room, but it was a you know it was yes. a, a, an okay size room, and it was all word of mouth. We weren't you know advertising anywhere. A hundred women were there wow. in the first session. And, How did they know about it? And word of mouth, uh-huh. their friends. You know, we told people, and they told people, right. and they told other people. Mm-hmm. And the first session was on sexuality, and we began with masturbation. Oh, there's an opening shot. So I want to tell you, (laughs) the room, you could have heard a pin drop in that room, because the word masturbation had never been said out loud in an MIT classroom before. (laughs) And um, it was a, a dynamic, riveting session, and people were just enthralled. And then they asked a lot of questions. You know, the the woman who wrote it, I had written this chapter uh, with another person, uh, Jane DeLong. She um, she and her uh, partner in writing uh, read read the paper, really talked about it, and then everybody asked questions, and it was just fantastic. And we did that for twelve weeks running, and so. The process was was interesting. What you said about the name change, it was actually very important because the the here's the the progression. Mm-hmm. The group um, 
workshop was called Women and Their Doctors. Mm-hmm. Then it went to Women and Our uh, Women and Their Bodies. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we said, what is the there there? Well, it's us. Mm-hmm. So it then began, be, uh, came our bodies, ourselves. So is that when you switched to taking turns that each woman would talk about herself? No. And, okay. No, that came much later. Oh, okay. But, um, but that was the, the, um, the progression of the title. Mm-hmm. And, and so what happened very quickly is after we wrote all of this, people wanted papers. Um, everybody in the group uh, who came wanted uh, wanted a copy of the paper that w- they were hearing. Mm-hmm. So we said, okay, why don't we just mimeograph them? We did. And after a while, we said, why don't we mimeograph all these things and put them in a booklet? Mm-hmm. And why don't we have it published by the New England Free Press, which was um, a left-wing, radical, small press. And... <laughs> And even there, we began with women and their bodies. Mm-hmm. And then the next edition, because they they published a thousand copies, that went very quickly. Then the next edition, um, we we had a, uh, women and our bodies. And then the third edition was our our bodies ourselves. Mm. And that underground newsprint uh, booklet. Sold 240,000 copies underground, word of mouth. And that's what made um, publishers aware of the book. And, and coming to come you. Come to us. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And and um, we had a very good process of going um, to a big publisher because, I mean, we talked about it for a year uh, because we felt... Um, we felt ambivalent. On the one hand, the underground press was doing very well mm-hmm. for us and for themselves, uh, but it didn't have the outreach uh, and the dissemination uh, that a mainstream press would have. Sure. So we finally decided to do that. At that point, we incorporated and became a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And it was after that, we had been meeting together now for probably two years. And uh, or a year and a half, two years, and that's when we, as a group, as a, we called ourselves the Boston Women's Health Book Collective. Okay, a big mm. mouthful. Yeah, which we then, you know, uh, shortened to Obos, our bodies uh, ourselves. Yeah. However, for a long time, we were uh, the Boston Women's Health Book Collective, and we ourselves became very close uh, and very good friends, and. No. We decided that um, we should know a lot about each other. You know, we should uh, really talk about our lives and what they were like, what brought us to this group. So we, um, there were 12 of us by that point, And we said one, that every week one new person would talk about their lives. And so we had this really wonderful sharing of our lives, as well as up to now we had been working on a work project, mm-hmm. and that's what we had focused on. But but we uh, integrated that with our life story, and it made an incredible bonding. Uh, so here we are 50 years later, and we're still doing this work. Okay, so my question is, <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I was so touched by some of the things you said. Can you give us examples or little stories yourself here about these women 
and what what they talked about because I know cultural differences plays a huge part in how you feel about your body and yourself and your relationship with your physician. Exactly. What were some of the things exactly. the women said? So why people wanted, why why we women wanted to research and write about this was because we had had very different cultural experiences. So here we are, a group of 12 women. Now, eight of us were Jewish. And you think, oh, eight of them were Jewish, same upbringing. No, you would be very wrong. One person was Orthodox. She was brought up in an Orthodox family, and she herself was Orthodox. So, for instance, when she first got her period, (laughs) and she went and told her mother, her mother gave her a smack across the cheek that was so hard, her head spun around, and she said, um, you know, now you're a woman. And the, the slap really was to keep the evil eye away. But, you know, you can imagine what that says to you about your body and about becoming a woman and about menstruation. It's, it's you know, it, it's a punishment. By the way, I do want to say that just to point out to people who may not be familiar, this is not the case with all Orthodox Jewish mothers. Don't slap their children across them. But it was a right. tradition in certain circles. Okay. Yes, yes, so what happened yes. after that? So, well, I'm, what I'm giving you is an example of why um, this woman was very interested in oh, learning about her body and learning, you know, and, and I mean, it was very interesting to all of us, mm-hmm. you know. How old was she at this time? When she first got her period? No, she, when she was talking to you about it. Oh, oh. She was in her thirties. Okay, in her thirties, and this, of course, happened when she was thirteen. Sure, uh, but but um, it's just uh, to to show the range. So, eight Jewish women. Mm-hmm. Some were brought up. One was brought up Orthodox. Uh, one was a uh, couple were brought up um, secular, uh, culturally identified, but not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Others were kind of lukewarm. You know, you go to a uh, temple on the high holy days. Um, and sometimes, and some you go, you know, every once in a while holidays say, uh, so even among w- w- when we think of, and also the class differences, some grew up upper middle class Jewish, some grew up middle class mm-hmm. Jewish, and some grew up Poor Jewish. So, you know, here's... Here you think a, you have homogenous and you don't. Yeah, exactly. Right. And you have a lot of diversity just in that. Okay, the and others? then we had other people too, right? We had a couple of wasps. Uh, we had a couple of uh, uh, um, uh, atheists. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we had kind of the range there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all educated women uh, in the sense that we all went to college. We all had our BA degrees, some of us had our MA degrees too. So education for all of us, wherever we came from, was very important. Um, But uh, so to just think more about cultural differences, um, some women came from families where sex was discussed, sexuality was discussed in a very positive way, and others from families where uh, sex was never mentioned and seemed to be quite um, quite a, a, a secret. 
How do people learn if it's never mentioned? Did they talk about how they learned? Yes, they learned from other kids. They learned learned, uh, from school kids. And of course, they learned lots and lots of misinformation. Sure. Like, all you had to do is, (laughs) if you stood up on a wall and had sex, you could never get pregnant. (laughs) You know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And just the way, how, how did we view our bodies? You know, some of us grew up in in families where uh, your body was considered a terrific thing, um, and and um, others where where bodies the mind body split was very clear, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, um, minds were great and bodies were something that you could forget until you got married and then everything would be fine. Uh-huh. In your dreams. Yeah, Okay, so I'm curious also, what about the men in the world? At what point did they, if they, became enamored of this book um, or saw the value of it and respected it? Yeah. You know, a lot of men have read this book because their women Mm -hmm. brought it to them and said, this is a terrific book uh, about sexuality and about relationships and about the whole... Uh, um, the, you know, we viewed um, health in a very broad way. Um, so our group said, you know, you really can't have healthy communities if you don't have uh, good water, if you don't have economic places to live that are safe and not full of rats. You know, health embodies, we had a very uh, ample view of health. Mm-hmm. So the book has, besides the sexuality, which we've been talking about and taking care of our bodies, it has a lot of things about the medical system and how to navigate it. Oh. Um, it has uh, an analysis of the the system. It has, um, it has a very wide range of things mm-hmm. that women need to take better care of themselves and therefore their children and their families. And they are, women usually are the caretakers in, in their families and in their communities. Mm -hmm. So the more you educate women like this, the better everybody is. That's so true. And, and the men somehow realize that if the women are more educated and more comfortable with their bodies, that they too will benefit. Yes. It can only be good for them. Yes. I think a lot of men do. Mm -hmm. And you know, uh, Women and men in good relationships, just like you um, you tell your friends, this is a great book, read it. The women um, who loved this book said to their men, this is a terrific book, read it. Mm-hmm. Or they would tell them about it and then the men would take it up. And there were a lot of men that were interested too. You know, there are a lot of men who are yes. uh, feminists. Thank you. I just think, you know, because this You're book welcome. is obviously so well known and so well used, that to know how it began is really not only very touching, but kind of important also to, to make the point that a originally loosely knit group of women saw that they could get together and do something. They didn't have to sit around and lament the fact that they couldn't talk to their doctors. They, they got together and changed the world. Oh, thank you, exactly. darling, for doing this with me. Um, yes. You're so welcome. So our bodies ourselves, and can we still find that in bookstores? Yes, actually, you okay. can. And, and certainly um, you can find it online and in libraries. Okay. Um, and uh, our bodies ourselves, 50 years later, is still um, working and uh, disseminating 
information, current information to women. And we have a terrific website where you can oh, get all kinds of information. It's www.ourbodiesourselves.org. Wonderful. Oh, that's so good. So if people are not near a bookstore exactly. or they can't for some reason, to, okay, so you can go online and get questions answered thanks to Falunia and her um, group. Yes. Thanks to the collective. Thank you, sweetheart. So until next time, this is Janet Gallen saying goodbye and talk to you soon.